Talking to people about dark matter and neutrinos can be funny. Surely you're joking. Hopefully, yes. What a wonderful universe. Welcome to Surely You're Joking. I'm your host, Dr. Kevin Peter Hickerson. Today, our co-host is Griff Pippen. Oh, hey, hey good to be here. Uh-huh. Uh, Jimmy and Owen are not here today. They're, uh, they're, I think they're hungover from celebrating with the Oscars. But I'm very excited about a special guest we have all the way from the East Coast. He's Dr. Hakeem Olushei. He's an associate professor of physics and space science at the Florida Institute of Technology. He's currently a visiting associate professor of physics at MIT, a school I think I've heard of once. Uh, and he's also the host of one of the hosts of the Outrageous Acts of Science show on uh, just Science Channel. Welcome to the show. Wow. Thank you for having me. I, I, I don't know if I'm more impressed with right. the fact that Kevin got all that right or your credits. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the show. Thanks and, for having me. And yeah. you're out here. This Even the story while you're out here is pretty interesting. You're out here to actually to do uh, some shooting. Right? Yeah. Um, yeah. In Burbank. For oh, the listeners. Sorry, for people outside of Hollywood, shooting means yeah. filming. Not shooting. Not, not no, shooting. No, 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 no. Yeah. He's not. Yeah. Come on. <laughs> Uh, for those who can't see, we're in uh, a five-star hotel. There's like champagne and caviar everywhere. This it's is super really, nice. Really it's plush. amazing. This is, I guess, this is where they put everybody visiting to do anything there. So. Yeah, well, you know, it's uh, yeah. it's the production company. Leonardo they, they, DiCaprio is right. literally yeah. staying in the room next to us right now. <laughs> okay, so what show are you here to shoot? The outrageous so, Acts of Science? I'm shooting Outrageous Acts of Science, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I've seen you a lot on the Discovery Channel. Yeah. And Could you tell us about this show? I, I yeah. really, I'm not familiar with Outrageous Acts of Science. <laughs> what? No, I'm not, oh I don't God. even have Who's TV. This guy? Oh, okay. Well, yeah. there's the internet. Yeah, so, I live on a cardboard box. You too, man. So <laughs> when I told him I worked at a, at a school, he said, "Oh, do you, at Caltech." He said, "Do you do one of those teaching thingies?" So, <laughs> I did not. Right, yeah, I put a text I would <laughs> he say. He told me he thought Caltech was a community college. <laughs> oh, <that's right. laughs> he didn't tell me that. He was yeah. at the uh, show. He thought it was a great <laughs> joke. <laughs> It wasn't a joke. Okay. Yeah, so tell me about this. <laughs> so Outrageous Acts of Science is, uh, it, it, so there are these internet clips of people doing wild and crazy things, but there are some really cool science that happens in them. So I'm one of several hosts. So some of the science is physics, some of it is engineering, some of it is biology, some of it is chemistry. So, you know, the people do wild, nearly deadly things, and then we explain what happened. What is one of your favorite experiments or segments that you've seen? All right, so I gotta. I, I, I'm partial to the ones from Russia. <laughs> <laughs> Are you working for them? No, Hakeem? no. It just seems like wild things happen in Russia, and you know what? So my I have appeared of quite a few times in recent years on the national news to explain astronomical phenomena, and the very first one was the Chelyabinsk meteor in Russia, right? So maybe that's it, but it's probably because. They just do crazy stuff, right? So <laughs> I love the dash cam videos there. Yeah. So, so there's this one where they made a human pendulum. It, it, I don't know why they like to throw themselves off buildings, but when I saw the setup, I thought it wasn't going to turn out good for the human pendulum. But there was this woman with a rope tied around her, and they took another rope 
and tied it from the tops of two buildings. And so the rope she was tied to was attached to the rope that was strung between the two buildings by a ring, right? <laughs> so it was free to slide. And so she's standing there with this rope around the waist, and then they just push her off the building, right? <laughs> now, they try to make her, you know, stand far enough back so her rope was taut, but she still appeared to fall just straight down, right? Oh. Yeah, until this thing caught, and then she went into the pendulum oh. swing, right? Yeah. The Americans weak oh. use bungee cards. Yeah. <laughs> uh, for any Russian listeners, or if we have any fans from Russia, please be be feel free to uh, hit us up on Twitter, or any any social media, and tell us why you guys do things like this. Is it boredom? Is it vodka? Is it for science? I know well, we have some. We, I see listeners in Russia, so it, well, we the, get them. Another one I like, not because the science was so amazing, but the guy jumps off this big tower in Russia with a parachute, you know, he's going to base jump, but the parachute doesn't open, <laughs> uh, right? But because it's Russia, the snow pile at the bottom is sufficient that he survives. Right? Oh, <laughs> oh, my God. But there's physics, right? There's this idea of impulse, right? So it's your change in momentum divided by the time that the change takes place. It's also the form of behavior that would cause you to do that. Exactly. <laughs> Let's add that in the equation. <laughs> right? So the snow pile makes the impact last longer so you don't get as big a force on your body and you survive. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But it's cool. That's still scary. Scary. It's scary to watch. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I gotta be honest. I'm actually a little jealous of you because we are kind of in the same zone because you're also an inventor and I'm an inventor, oh. and uh, you're doing the science communication thing, and I want to do the science oh. communication thing. You're doing way better than me, and you're also already a professor, and I'm a postdoc. So, like, I feel like you're my my role model at the moment. But I'm also like scared that we're oh, competing. He's killing it. But right most, now. What, 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 the most interesting thing I gotta bring up is that you are starting to do stand-up comedy, and that's what I really, <laughs> really. He's gonna do everything you do, but better, because you could overtake me very quickly. No, no, no. We're, yeah, we're definitely funny. gonna be in different lanes and when you say yeah, that on, yeah, what did that I'm mean sure. I don't, I, well I'm from Mississippi right so okay. even though I'm a oh, I didn't know you're from Mississippi yeah, I grew up so I'm, I'm partially from Mississippi I, I thought you were from I'm, Louisiana so I was right. born in New Orleans right oh, okay. and, and, I, and oh. I lived in an area that's today called the Goose right it's kind of destroyed by Katrina um, but then I actually had a weird upbringing I moved every year as a kid right oh, wow. but it was like inner city neighborhoods in New Orleans, Los Angeles, and Houston, right? Mm -hmm. So I like to say I was a ghetto child, and then my mom <laughs> saw the right handwriting on the wall, because I was kind of drawn to the dark side, so she moved me to the country in Mississippi uh, at the age of uh, 13, just before I turned 14, right? And uh, so anyway, that makes me a different kind of physicist, right? You know what I mean? I'm, I'm, you know, uh -huh. I'm still in yeah. Mississippi. I still talk like a regular dude, you know? And my jokes are more from my that self than they are for my physics self, right? But you know, it's all mm -hmm. in there. But to be honest, when you first said that you were a bit jealous of me, I thought you were referring to my abs, but. <laughs> <laughs> He's got well, abs yeah, too. <laughs> Ab. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, nice, you know, one big ab. Five rolls of four. <laughs> got a 20 pack in the front. It actually stretches all the way around. biscuits in I there. Like, uh, I like you just like, no, it'll be fine, man, it'll be fine. And then you just, you start to burn me. That's <laughs> <you know>? <laughs> <laughs> No, I think. See, I'm a collaborator, Kevin. Okay. So I yeah, think we can yeah, collaborate, no, that's, man. That's the main reason. I was yeah. like, okay, now we have. You have to be on the podcast. He's not, to make sure that I get he's not the enemy. Side. He's a teammate now. If you <laughs> can't beat him, join him. Exactly. They, we had the kings of comedy. We <laughs> had the queens of comedy. Now we can have the nerds of comedy, the comedy. or something like that. <laughs> right? or the physicists of comedy. I don't know. Yeah. 
So, so you, do you ever get people that are surprised you're a, a comedian? I mean, they're surprised that you're a scientist? Well, you know, it is. <laughs> no. Yes and no, right? It depends. It all depends. I'll, I'll tell you, man. So when I was in grad school, I would meet these people. And, uh, they, you know, so I'll tell you, I'll tell you how, <laughs> this is funny, I'll tell you how country I was when I showed up at Stanford, right? I came right out of Mississippi. I lived in Mississippi for nine years. Had not been exposed to the outer world. You know, the internet didn't really exist at this time. So I didn't know that Stanford was as prestigious of a school as it is. I had no idea, really, right? I yeah. just knew that, you know, they made physicists, right? So I get in, and then I, I interact with people in the community, and you say, you're from Stanford, and they, you know, you see this, oh, like, wow, right? But what really tripped me out is that people would say, oh, what do you play? And I say, what do you mean? <laughs> like, what sport do you play? And I'm like, I, I see where that's going. I didn't even see it. I was like, yeah, I know yeah. that's this happened, <laughs> this happened to me multiple times. Dude, I've actually signed autographs. Oh. Because I just couldn't, you know, you know, I couldn't get it. They couldn't get it. And oh. I'm like, oh, what's the point? Yeah. And I had a friend. <laughs> I had hilarious. friends who played on the football okay, team. So there's, yeah. there's probably people at uh, in the White House still asking Obama that. Like, he's walking down the side of the lake. What do you play? That's hilariously, horribly racist and so funny. I'm forgiving. (laughs) What do you play? It's a teaching moment. I mean, just just not long ago at uh, Caltech, someone was like, so are you staff or a student? And I said, "Uh, professor. No. <laughs> it's like when Jimmy, he's one of our co-hosts, the Asian guy. When he oh, goes just, to Caltech, people just are like, fucking blends in. It's yeah, so people are funny. like, "Oh, you're a student. Where are you? What class are you looking for?" And he's like, "No, I'm just doing a podcast oh to God. tell dick jokes." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, how do you are you excited about doing comedy? I am. Out? I am because you know. So what happens with me is you know I get hired to do. Uh, you know, so I do. We do our free science talks, but then sometimes people hire me to do a motivational talk because mm-hmm. I'll talk about my upbringing and then how I, you know, was able to persevere and become a physicist. But you know, I tell the true story of my life, and man, it's almost like stand up. You know, it's one of those things though where they laugh and they cry, right? Mm-hmm. And but it's really cool. So I feel like I've been doing this my entire life. I think that's why I got I really into it because I I've had a kind of a strange life, and a lot of times I tell people stuff about my my childhood or whatever, and they they wouldn't believe. <laughs> me and exactly. so i just got yeah. good at telling those stories yeah. and and now people actually believe where me. are you from i'm from here in la <laughs> oh because you know growing up in the, in, the, in the rural america uh-huh. back when you know when we didn't have cable you didn't have the option uh-huh. you know you people told stories you got good at storytelling right, yeah right. and the humor was sort of like a social capital right uh-huh. and you you know and so you get you know, certain guys are intimidating. Certain guys are really good at shooting. Certain of us are funny. Uh-huh. You know, uh, so for me, it was music, funny, and academics, right? And, and survival mechanisms. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So, so my my mother was really into traveling. She was a Peace Corps volunteer, oh, that's cool. and so just randomly when I was twelve, she's like, "Oh, we're going to Africa." Wow. And I was like, "What?" The? I was actually really upset at the time. <laughs> yeah. I was upset at the time because I didn't want to just leave. But um, but it was like the most amazing thing I ever did, yeah. and when I came back, I just it felt like I was like a space alien visiting Earth because no one could understand what it was like. Or oh yeah, definitely. Where, yeah. You went and, to a French-speaking country. Where did you go? Yeah, well, it was French and English. I went to Cameroon. 
Cameron, yeah, and yeah. Uh, you also visited. Uh, yeah, no, I've been working Nigeria, extensively. No, not Nigeria. I haven't been in Nigeria, oh. but I've been to maybe like 13, 14 countries. And since 2002, um, I uh, started working in, in Africa. And, you know, it, it started out with this organization called Cosmos Education. We go and we go to. So the first trip, I went to Swaziland and South Africa. And, you know, it blew my mind because one of the things that just, you know, struck me was how similar these small African towns were to my little Mississippi town in like the 70s and 80s. And so here, you know, you had these Americans who oh, think- yeah, my, my story was exactly the opposite. Like, it was like another place. Yeah, right. like, oh, hey, yes. Oh, it's I like, go to Africa. Well, I like to say I lived on a dirt road off a dirt road off a dirt road, right? <laughs> it was all black, right? Just like Africa. So, you know, here you have the the, Americans thinking that Africa is all, you know, zebras and people living in huts. And then in Africa, you had the people thinking that, you know, <laughs> it's all New York City. Uh-huh. <laughs> when in reality, you could switch to two places and no one would notice. Uh-huh. Right? Yeah. yeah. Even today, like I have a friend who's a professor there, Tebe Medupi. He's like, yeah, I'm going to take you to my village. Dude, we're sitting at the mini mall, you know, at the little strip mall having pizza. I'm like, why do you describe this as your village? You make people think, he's like, oh, that's my village, right? But it's... You know, but it's South Africa, right? Some places are more rural than others, but, you know, it's... I did stand up in South Africa a couple times. That I, you know, the townships, you know, the, yeah, the, yeah. so I did uh, in a township club, and it was eye-opening oh, to see. Like, and I, like, because these giant, it was pretty much like a giant tin shack, and in, like, dirt area, and yeah, before with this group of people, it was, it was so much fun because you realize they have a tough life. Oh, man. And you know what? It's so complex. So the last time, one of my last trips to South Africa, uh, I went to this area called Cape Flats. And so South Africa has some crazy politics because, you know, you have whites, blacks, coloreds, as they say. And, you know, the crazy thing is in America, it's really weird because in America, there's a particular racial dynamic. And remember when there was OJ trial and there was like the dark magazine cover and then the lighter magazine cover and everybody's saying, oh, they made him dark to look more <laughs> ominous. Well, in South Africa, it's the actual opposite, right? Because the people who are mixed with the native black Africans and whites are the coloreds. They're not black enough. They're not white enough. So those are the ones that have it the worst. Those are the ones who have the reputation as like being the gangsters. So now, you know, after being there for a while, it messed me up, right? Because in America, the guy who looks menacing, we're all trained to think is the darker guy, right? But now I look at Steph Curry and I'm like scared. <laughs> this dude's gonna stab me, you know? So, he looks just like those Cape Flats killers. <laughs> That's hilarious. Yeah, well, it's 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 definitely an interesting place down there, man. It, it, like the culture, there's that's where there's so much comedy coming from, man. Yeah, Trevor Noah, man, yeah. I just saw him live. Like, uh, oh yeah, yeah, I saw Dan him live Valentine's Day weekend in Boston at the Wilbur Theater, which is right across the street from where I live. Oh my God, I thought, dude, what you see on television pales in comparison to Trevor Noah live. Mm-hmm. Like he just increase a thousand notches in my mind after that's that. true of a lot of comics i think yeah. i really I, live comedy is yeah. just way better than than a recording i've i've seen i'm not going to name names but yeah. i've seen some specials of comics i really like then i watch <laughs> <laughs> is that on the specials or on me talking on the specials <laughs> oh man how many <laughs> comics most <laughs> comic specials are are garbage <laughs> they really are like they, yeah. they really are you see because you see them on netflix and you're just like eh, and then you're like i've seen this guy live he's hilarious yeah that yeah. was that 
was a phone in it or he was scared. You take Sebastian. He's just great all around. But hey, you, see him, gonna you see him live, you're like, whoa. Uh, you know who got me? I saw in up in Oakland. So do you remember BET had this uh, Comic View show? Yeah. yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I hated that show. I was like, this is terrible. This is making the black America look horrible. I hate this show, right? But then I saw their live tour. Oh, man. I thought I was going to be hospitalized <laughs> at the end of it. You know, I didn't. Yeah, there's just it's something crowd magic. Work. You, yeah, it comes down to, it really crowd, comes down to crowd work. You don't yeah. do that in live taping. And that's the funniest part of the show. Yeah, and also they could use bad words. Live. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're, you're, you're really that restricted. Yeah, that definitely hurts things when you have to clean it up to a degree to be on TV. Yeah. And you can't do crowd work. You're, you're Handicap when you film a special, you're not yeah, at your best. Yeah. No. Also, uh, I think just you're stuck with what you, I mean. Usually, you only record like two shows and you edit them together, and you're stuck with that particular crowd. You're stuck with that moment, and probably for most comics, that's like their worst moment. Is they're just like you know they're nervous and stuff. Especially if it's their first special. Yeah, cameras have a way of making people nervous. I see you because you got an interesting upbringing story, defeating the odds. I see you doing. A, a one man show type, you know what a one man show is well, versus an just an hour, man, two, <laughs> two man show. Dude. Yeah, you gotta have your feature. No, 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 no. Oh, what geez. I mean by a one man show Give versus a, a comedy yeah, hour yeah. is a one man show. You see more in the UK, but it's just one theme throughout the whole hour. Whereas oh. you might see a lot of comics, they'll jump joke to joke yeah. for an hour. But a one man show is a there's a theme with an arc to it. It's yeah. about one story, one thing. It's the story of you, right? Yeah, and it has yeah, an arc. Yeah, it's a beautiful yeah. story. I think you I can think totally just like jump to thinking he's gonna. Try and like be your producer. He's like, give me ten percent. That's what I'm hearing. Give me ten percent. This guy's gonna be a star. He already is a star. He's hey, like, man, yeah, I can get you booked in South so, so my first yeah. act is based on. Hey, so I'll give you a little teaser. I'm not gonna go into it. But my first act is based on. This is look, man. This this is something you can relate to. This It's on the theme of the show right now. So these two articles were written about me on the internet. Right? They went viral, and the first one was called. Rise of a gangster nerd. Uh, I saw that. I the, saw that. The second one was called the gangster physicist. Right now, literally, when that second article came out for a month, if you uh, googled the word physics, the second or third link was a big picture of me with that article. Right, yeah, yeah. the gangster physicist. So I developed my act around that, and then you know the the second part of this, which is crazy. This is not in the act yet, but I'm writing it now. This is a true story. <laughs> I got invited to give a talk in a prison here in Southern California, TEDx Ironwood, right? Wow. Ted, what is TEDx so, Ironwood? You know, TED is TED Talks. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So, you know, there's the main TED thing that happens every year, but then there are these TEDx events that happen around the country. Right. So um, the, the anti-recidivism coalition, right? It turns out that in California prisons, the recidivism rate, the rate at which people who get released go back to prison is incredibly high. I forget. It's like... Over 90%, 90% or something crazy yeah. like that, right? But for those prisoners who get as, at least an associate's degree, the recidivism rate is 6%. Wow. Yeah. So here's here was how they asked me. Here, here's how they asked me, invited me. They said, hey, Hakeem, we're giving these... Um, we have this event. Are you available or interested? And they had these two forms attached to the invitation. One was a visitor's form. You know, you got to fill out like an application. And the other was like, you know, what you could and couldn't do. Right. And so they said, number one, don't wear anything that resembles. Bloods of Crips. No, no. That resembles a prisoner. <laughs> right. And I'm like, well, my understanding of the demographics of the prison is that a lot of them wear brown skin. So I'm not <laughs> necessarily interested in that. Then 
in clothing, they said, don't wear anything that reveals your breasts or buttocks. I was like, okay, no, I'm not interested. <laughs> Why would I do that anyway? I'm not interested. Go there with assless my, chaps to a prison? If my butt and chest are in danger, if I enter those walls, I, I don't want to go, right? <laughs> so they called back, right? So the lady, she called me up and she said, hey, Akeem, let me let you, let me tell you who else is going to be here. So what's the guy's name who owns Virgin? Richard uh, Branson. Richard, yeah, yeah, Branson. Richard, Richard Branson is going to be speaking. Oh. And, uh, you know, we have an all-star lineup and all these people are going to be here. And of everybody that's coming, you're the only person that the prisoners specifically requested. Now, that's awesome. That's cool. You would, Why? Why? <laughs> Good point. All right, the prisoners have out. requested, right? So I'm like, okay. need a lot of validation, and I'm just like, hey, that's validation. That's awesome. So the, but I didn't know why. They did, they did not tell me why, right? So I go. First up is Richard Branson. So the prisoners asked me. They were like, okay, we want you in three minutes to define infinity. Three minutes, infinity. Okay. So up first is Richard Branson. Up second is the Jabberwockies. They do a performance. And then me. I'm like, okay, I don't know who set the line up, right? Uh, but I'll tell you a funny Jabberwocky moment. When we first came in, you know, we're, you know, you know, it took a, it's a big process to enter the prison. And so I saw the guy with the, they weren't in their gear, but, you know, he had on a Jabberwockies t-shirt. And I recognized him. And I said, are you guys the Jabberwockies? And he was like, yeah. And, you know, I love this performance they did. The song Robot Remains. Do you, you know that? Uh, uh. Well, anyway, I started breaking it down. I was like, Robot Remains, right? That's what I was breaking down the dance. Now to them, you know, I'm like this physicist, you know? <laughs> Dude, they were cracking up about that all day. But anyway, so after we, you know, the day was a super long day, man. And so you had these breaks. And so I start walking around the prison and literally prisoners are recognizing me on site. And they're like, the gangster physicist. <laughs> so, like, for a day, I was a shot caller in the prison. I was, you know, but it, uh, so I'm going to work that into my act somehow. That's that great. That's a great story. Well, I right there. on stage just right at the bat, like, hey, I do physics, grew up in the hood, I'm a gangster physicist. And we're like, that's what, okay. But see, I'm not, that's my, see, that's, that's what's in my show right now. I'm not the gangster physicist. You just, you just got named that. But you're not that. No, I didn't. They named me that, right? You, you know, if you were a gangster, they, they're focusing on my past, right? Right. Yeah, we don't call Kevin Higgerson, uh, you know, poop your diaper, suck your mama's titty. Right? Yeah, we do. Yeah, yeah, we do, actually. Yeah, I don't know about you, so I still call him that. <laughs> the suck your mama titty physicist? Absolutely. That's what I have in my phone. Oh, suck your mama titty physicist is yeah, going. The, the, the fertilized egg nuclear physicist. Yeah, you know, the that doesn't fly. <laughs> you know, you got to go to pass. You got to be the current. <laughs> I saw your TED talk on Finney. It was awesome. Oh, I love it. Hey, man. I, dude, that's all. Because you have a degree in math also, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah but look, that's awesome. Listen, man. I, here's the thing you don't know. Because uh -huh. I put that talk together that morning. Did you notice oh. that my slides was one slide, Infinity? So I'm like, oh no, my god. You're probably <laughs> still better really at slideshows than Kevin. <laughs> 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 I watched him in this hilarious slideshow at Nerd Night. I don't know what's going on. Something went wrong with the clicker, but it just kind of <laughs> kept like he'd click it and fly through three slides. You go, oh, wait, wait a minute. And he'd go back, and I was like, Here's oh my what god. Happened. They had a spotlight on the screen. Oh so my I god. couldn't see anything. So the audience could <laughs> see it. Oh, and like, I didn't know and that. I, yeah, and I couldn't see anything. And, you know, they apologized. It didn't help. I threw a hot dog at you. But oh, <laughs> you were out of tomatoes. But. Yeah. 
Hey, but Kevin, let me give you some advice, man. Let go to PowerPoint. I know in physics okay. talks we got to do keynote, it. But, but I read or let go to keynote. <laughs> I use keynote too. But hey, man, so I read this article several years back, and it said something like I was the master of like PowerPoint and keynote. I read this article. And they said, "Imagine if Martin Luther King had a, was doing using PowerPoint. <laughs> oh, right, you know, it would not be such a great. It wouldn't sketch. have the same impact. <laughs> no, you know? no, it's yeah, true. Yeah, and so you know, you have this pressure before you have to give a talk. <laughs> they say, I uh, am a dream. Uh, I'm sorry, next slide. It's taking forever. Alone. <laughs> you would dive full into comedy and just do a sketch like that. We want to film a sketch. Martin King I'm down. Hey, here's here's the thing. You know, I have I have contractual <laughs> obligations. I can do some things live. I can't do anything on film. Really depends, oh, but I, you know, mostly. So, for example, HBO asked me to do something, and my, you know, my uh, they say, oh, sure, they 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 gave me their blessing. So most things is fine. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe it'll be depends. with somebody you already work with. So to be with oh, you, man. Always, we're, yeah. Owen's always trying to, to to do um, little sketches. Have stuff, you done so. sketches? Uh, yeah, me kind of, but yeah. he's done a lot. Yeah. Who's that? It, Owen Benjamin, the host oh. who's not here. He's traveling, yeah. so he can oh, okay. make it today. Yeah, no, I, I I really would like to do that. So I actually did voice acting back in the day. So I kind of think well, I you can have a very act, nice voice. So he's I done everything. So. But dude, listen, if you <laughs> see, that's the you thing. You could have done that intro way better. <laughs> and, and, and by the way, what do you play? I can't remember what you said you played. <laughs> the tuba. So. <laughs> <laughs> no man see the nice voice that's what I thought right when, when I, the reason I got into voice acting an ex-girlfriend gave me this newspaper clipping in 1999 right to say do people compliment you on your voice she's always telling me I had a great voice I didn't know right and and uh, I went to the class dude you should have heard these people's voices I don't have a great voice <laughs> these people I mean dude I mean there was this one older Englishman man I threw my underwear at him but look, <laughs> This dude's voice was amazing. But, you know, it's acting. When you put a microphone and a script in someone's face, it gets contrived hella fast, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. You yep. know? Yep. So it's, it's like when, Yeah, when, when Griff was trying to read the intro. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I wish I, uh, I did my job earlier. Actually, just Griff should have... do voiceover, too. So you need to give him some... It's about acting, he man. Does, he does great accents. He does oh, yeah. a lot in this. I'm so jealous. I can't do accents. Every accent I try to do comes out Jamaican. Let's hear the Jamaican. I want to hear Irish Jamaican. Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. I can. I, okay. All right. God. All right. This man catches this leprechaun. And so the leprechaun has to grant him three wishes. So the leprechaun says, so what's your first wish? That's my Irish accent. How's that? <laughs> That's great. It's the best Jamaican leprechaun I've ever heard. <laughs> but I, I, I do have one accent. I got invited to Fresno State University to give a colloquium several years ago, and I made a huge mistake. They had a, uh, what are these scholars called that go from country to country? What are those Rhodes called? scholars? Not no, Rhodes. Uh, what are those things? <laughs> you know, called? I thought it was Rhodes. Because mm -hmm. it's like, they're going from country to country on Rhodes. Uh, that's why. <laughs> that's why. Uh, it's like, well, anyway. Yeah. What, what happened? They're called gypsies. <laughs> this, this Russian professor, we, we you know, they, they have like a little after party after colloquium and he's like do you drink vodka and i answered yes unfortunately that's that that's the end of that story in, Ru in russia physics has involved vodka yeah man that was I, a, that was the drunkest i had been in my adult life that was <laughs> we do this uh, thing called uh, neutron summer school in grad school uh 
that you probably have had similar one for astrophysics maybe anyway no. so you just go from all these different school all these grad students from different schools go and they do this this stuff and they learn about neutrons and stuff like that and one of the kids was uh we were drinking vodka afterwards and uh someone spilled it and this russian guy he'd be no accent all night but it came out once he started drinking he, goes, he saw that he spilled they spilled he goes in russia they kill you for that <laughs> so what are your accents Riff. Which one? What do you want? Oh, you to got hear? like that many? Let's He's hear like twenty. It That's actually Indian. It gets... you, you go to India, a great country, <laughs> a great. I'm tired of people going. You're, you're from uh, India. Yeah. You must be a cab driver. Uh, uh, no, I work in Silicon Valley. I started cab company actually. That is so racist. I went out to do cab company. That douchebag at Uber claims the technology. We're going to court right now. That was good. I South Uber. African, South African, or Botswana, somewhere. Right, if you've ever been to you know, Afrikaans is oh, a very Africa. difficult language, but uh, it is a great place to have <laughs> lots of racism to get. Wow. Great comedy comes from great racism. <laughs> I'm a believer. <laughs> and then people think everyone in Ireland is a fake leprechaun. No, they're not. No, they're not. Everyone thinks St. Patty's Day. It's a celebration of Irish culture. Sure, you drink so much alcohol, you have sex with your third cousin, and that's a celebration of Irish culture. That's ridiculous. Awesome. That's what I always thought. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> exactly. You don't hear Irish people going. We've been held down in the press for a long time. People just think we jump around, get drunk. Maybe we do a little too much, but we're not drunk all the time. It's funny because it's true. This guy right here. We compete after shows to see who can get the drunkest. I think I'm winning right now. <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm winning. But it's, you know, you wake up, you're like, oh, God. And you don't remember everything. And then when your buddy's a jerk and that's takes you, dude, you piss off that headliner and try to, have his, try to take his girlfriend home. I'm like, oh, no. I don't know if you're kidding or not. And the same thing with him. And I'm like, do you remember acting like an 18-year-old frat douchebag last night at the bar? Because you were groping me all night <laughs> all true stories here all, all true stories and it all starts with a couple IPAs and then they just start sliding down not the little green measured stuff what was that thing you know the, the drip the little green alcohol that used to be illegal what's that stuff green? called absence oh, I have that, that in my uh, cabinet uh, that night uh, usually ends poorly as well uh, this stuff here doesn't work though you have to get it from Europe <sighs> gotta get the good stuff well, yeah. you can go to bars in London and find the real wormwood I bet in LA the drug capital of the country you could find some dude I mean you go to the streets you <laughs> find the drug capital of the country you go to the streets you find cocaine here you find marijuana but if you had some drug dealer hey man uh yeah, yeah, what do you want, man? I was like, yeah, I just want uh, five grams of warm one. <laughs> like, get out of here. Get out of here. <laughs> we should talk yeah. about science. We science. should talk about science. It's not, it's not yes. surely it's science. It's surely you're joking, right? Surely, surely it's science. <laughs> That's hilarious. That'd be a terrible name. I would never, if I saw that, surely it's science. No. Surely, comma, it's science. Surely. So, well, so I'm sure it is, but I don't care. So some of the science I wanted to talk about, we can't put it on the podcast because I saw your inventor of a lot of CCD technology, and I am working on a kind of camera thing that uses optics, and I can, I, we literally have to cut this out. We cannot put it in the episode because oh. it would, like, I would forgo my, my... 
Yeah, he you, you went it public. Out. You went he public. figured it out. Oh, yeah, so we're going to talk about that afterwards. Yeah, well, <laughs> I'll explain it to you. I'll blow his lid in his cover. He figured out how to make black and white photos come out of your phone. That's the secret. <laughs> yep. Yep. So right out of your camera phone and prints it out the bottom where the speaker is. So, <laughs> he told me yesterday. So can you tell me uh, something about the the uh, sensors that you worked on? So okay. Uh, so these sensors that I worked on, it was about you know a decade ago, right? So these are now kind of what's in use. Uh, so they're all, in they're telescopes going to, or yeah, in telescopes. So they also dark energy to cameras too. Is it strictly scientific? What are we talking about scientific. here? I'm oh, just sorry, scientific. You guys are. Oh, we know. We know so what we're talking about. I just don't know. Our listeners know. Okay. So in your camera, in your digital camera, right? We have this little sensor. There used to be this stuff called film, right? Now right. it's this little silica thing. It's like a little chip. Yeah, it's okay. a little chip. I think probably yeah. everyone's seen one. It has that kind of rainbowy look when you turn it. And okay. Like yeah, yeah, a little computer chippy thing. And so when you try to do these measurements with science, right? So it turns out that the chip itself creates a signal. So if you were to like not open a shutter and take a picture, you don't get like nothing on the other end. You get right. a signal that comes from the chip and the electronics. So if you're trying to measure something that's super subtle with the universe, right? Something super dim, then you know the signal coming from your electronics and your chip might be greater than what you're trying to measure. So you want to decrease that noise as much as possible. I think the thing we still got to point out though is that by you're talking about looking at the universe just to connect the uh, you know a telescope is just a big camera with yeah. the same kind of sensor in, exactly. in your cell phone except there it's much bigger and way more expensive. Way so more expensive. What we've learned is telescopes and camera phones the exact same thing. Just making sure I got <laughs> that right. Yeah. They have okay. a lot of similarities. Yeah, one yeah. costs one dollar, the other one costs like ten million dollars. Yeah, you know, one just... you can yeah, you, and you can also waste <laughs> a lot of time on Facebook on telescopes too. Same thing. That's mm-hmm. actually that's one of the first things they started doing for optics was telescope optics. I think a lot of yeah. A lot of uh, physicists start that way, right? Yeah, yeah I like... was extreme ultraviolet optics. Uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. So the other thing, the other characteristic of the device is what light is actually sensitive to. And that has to do with, uh, you know, either light reflecting from its surface or light getting absorbed before it can actually be measured, right? So, uh, and also whether the light would just pass straight through the thing. So the last detector technology that I worked on, it wasn't my invention, um, but the... CCDs that measure visible light, once they get to infrared, they they're no longer sensitive. Now, theoretically, they could go, they should go out to a particular wavelength, but they weren't making it there. And the reason why is because they were so darn thin that the light, the long wavelength light, would just pass right through. So it's, it's related to like elephants, right? Have you ever heard how like elephants could communicate over like super long distances? Uh-huh. The yeah, reason, yeah, but they they speed it up and then they herd them. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. They, they have so. If you have a wave that's that's traveling, if it hits something and the size and the wavelength of the wave is larger than the thing it hits, then the wave passes by it like it's not there, um, right? Mm-hmm. If it's smaller, it bounces off. So these elephants would communicate with these very low-pitched sounds that human ears can't detect, right? Because our ears are too small. Their ears are big enough to, to receive them, right? right? And so what this means is that as that big elephant low-pitched sound that we can't detect is traveling across the land as it hits boulders and trees, instead of getting bounced back, it just passes by like they're not there. Right. So they can talk to each other you know, over these crazy distances. Mm-hmm. So in the same way, when you were trying to measure near-infrared light, these thin detectors, right, the light would just pass through it like it's not there. Now, there are engineering issues with making them thick. Even if you made it thick, the region that it could detect still would be thin, right? So this guy, Steve Holland at Lawrence Berkeley Lab, 
found a way to engineer them such that they worked. But then there was a lot of other engineering that had to be done, right? So I participated in that work. And so now they're on the dark energy survey camera. The next super telescope on earth is called the Large Synoptic Survey Telescope. They're gonna be in that one. Um, and that's- Where's that, that gonna be built? Is that in Chile? Uh, yeah, it's in South America. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. Chile. Chile. Ooh. Oh, I said it wrong. No, Chile, 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 Chile. I don't know. I'm probably saying, wrong. saying I don't Spanish know. Or hey, English? Say it in an accent. Yeah. Well, then we will know. Say it in Chilean accent. Uh, I've met people from Chile, so they would, <laughs> they would say in Santiago, they might say Chile. Say what was the telescope name again? L. Well, the the initials are LSST. No, large the full synoptic. I want to hear Griff say oh, that. Large Synoptic <laughs> Survey Telescope. Large Synoptic Survey Telescope. Yeah, all right. Awesome. We, we sell them in the side streets on, in Santiago. Hey, so all we're right, developing good. a new technology, man. We, we're doing something different. So this one, you know, so you're, you're a postdoc, so you're still having a lot of fun actually doing science. When you become a professor, it starts to suck a little bit. I know, bit. I'm scared. Yeah, I don't man. actually want to stop being a postdoc. Like, exactly. It's not permanent. Be, be scared. It's like you don't do the slave work like uh, when you're a grad student, but you're not really in charge. It's like, it's perfect where I am right now, but if my advisor hears that, luckily he doesn't yeah. listen to any comedy. Yeah. Or any so you should, so. you should keep doing what you're doing, but just get increases in salary. That's yeah. what you, that's what you <laughs> yeah. should do, right? You should just make I more money. Apply at some point. Uh, right? Well, <laughs> no, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> because you know you're teaching classes, you're on all these committees, and the more successful you, you know what they say. The phrase is, if you want to get something done, ask somebody who's busy, right? So if you if you get <laughs> more successful, people ask you to do more things, mm -hmm. and you know, you, hey, yeah, I got a little bit of a panic that when I started becoming a postdoc I was like oh yeah I finally graduated made it and everything but then you realize wait a minute this just gets worse and worse <laughs> it gets worse and worse yeah, yeah. because uh, you know my one of my advisors had to she was just like filling out grant applications exactly. all the time and it's like it's like being more unemployed when you're, yeah when you're it's like you're a employed. business person almost yeah. you know yeah, instead of a scientist but yeah. so anyway so one good part of it though is that now you know you have your own postdocs and grad students and students and you help them fulfill their dreams you bring forward their creativity mm -hmm. see that's what i need though so. yeah and so i, I had I, as, I love having yeah. grad students around that i can because i get so hung up on the like the little like Things that jam like code. I'm sure. Oh yeah. God, That's, man! Coding is like a physicist's worst nightmare because you spend installing 90%, code. Yeah, is a nightmare. And then what's worse? I is, know. I hate it. No, <laughs> no. And then what's worse is you see all your friends from school going like, "Oh yeah, I went to Google and I, you know, I bought a helicopter." And it's like you're you're functionally doing the exact same thing. Right, right. <laughs> and one's, one's for the benefit of humanity, and you get like yeah. <laughs> the low salary. But you, you know what and I've learned also is is you get credit for what you have done and accomplished, you know, like 15 years later. Yeah, I, I've <laughs> you been know, feeling some of that. Can you yeah. imagine if that was the same in comedy? <laughs> you had an amazing set at this comedy club 15 years later. You're like, dude, that set in 95 was hilarious. Yeah. Hey, Lady Bruce. Lady Bruce, right? You know, people look back at you and you're like, oh, he was the, one of the greats. Did you see the uh, where, where Comedy Central had these comedians rank the top comedians of all time? Which is silly. Well, but anyway, Lenny Bruce, man. You know Lenny Bruce's story? I didn't know his I read kind of story. It, yeah, I read his uh, biography. Yeah. yeah. A lot of drugs, and 
not trusting people. And well, then, I'm talking about the fact that he was the one who took all the hits that would let all the not safe for work comments like yourselves <laughs> exist today, right? Well, basically, he was the first guy to do two things that were groundbreaking for comedy. First guy to really do conversational comedy. Oh, when, really? Hey, let me tell you my lounge jokes. It, it was that. And then he also said he, he literally died fighting the Supreme Court and basically freedom of speech. It literally killed him. I don't know yeah. if you know. Yeah, he spent days buried in books researching the legal system, working with his lawyer, took all of his money, and then just basically dying saying, well, I fought for a cause. But it, at the time, it was ugly for him. He was just basically, he died thinking, well, I just died to the legal system. But yeah. his work and his importance moved on. But he didn't think that. He didn't know it was going to be important later on. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. We've come full circle. Encyclopedic knowledge. Uh, uh. <laughs> Where were we, Dr. Hickerson? Oh, I have a question for you, Griff. Do you know what CCD stands for? This is a little <laughs> segment we call so, Quiz Time on so Shirley So many times. <laughs> you got to hit the little I do, music. I do. I do. Um, <laughs> it's the... Um, the Count Chocula direction, but no, <laughs> no uh, I, a lot of times he'll start getting, you know, you'll fire down the lane and just have a great conversation. And I'm over here like, wait, you lost me at CCD, so I can't even get into the, uh, you, and I'm just like over here going, that's a nice chair. How do you turn that lamp on over there? <laughs> Where's it from Casablanca? Like, I wonder if that water's free. You guys hey, are just... I know what we were talking about. We were talking about how you now can facilitate other scientists, younger scientists, to do science. Yes. So this, is a, this is a really cool story. So I had these NASA grants for uh, studying phenomena at the surface of the sun, right? Mm -hmm. So there's these two problems. The surface of the sun is around 6,000 degrees, but as you move away, the, the the atmosphere is like millions of degrees, right? That's kind of crazy, you know? Like, how could how could it be if you have a hot surface, it's hotter as you move away, right? Yeah. It gets cooler normally, right? So the other thing is gravity at the surface of the sun is 30 times stronger than gravity at the surface of the Earth, but yet the sun's atmosphere just flies away into space. Why is it doing that, right? Well, how is this stuff getting accelerated? So. I would tell my graduate students to, you know, spark their creativity because several of my patents in computer chip manufacturing came from taking the knowledge that I learned in studying plasmas on the sun and doing spectroscopy and applying it to computer chip manufacturing. Really? Yeah, oh, really. That's awesome. So I told these guys, I was like, hey, pay attention to the experimental science in, in, in plasma physics. And so he recognized that now we have the capability to create the particular magnetic configurations that occur on the sun in a chamber here on Earth, right? And so we can accelerate plasmas the same way the sun does. Now, let me tell you the significance of that. In rocket propulsion, there's two main ways we do it. One is chemical propulsion. It gets you off the surface of the Earth. But once you're out in space, we use what's called ion propulsion. It gets you to go much faster. And the faster you throw stuff... Which uh, previous guest, Andy Weir, okay. author of The Martian. Oh, that was yeah. One of the things he... That's how he powered his uh, ship to, to go there. And, you know, I think it's a really good idea. The way he described it made a lot of sense. And he just... We asked him, like, well... You know, what, what did you base this on? And he said, well, I just took what NASA already has. And I just said, well, what if we just make that bigger? Right. You okay. Know? So l listen, the current no, state of the art. Sorry to interrupt. One more no, thing. No, no okay. uh, Oscars for the Martian. The Martian. Yeah. Oh, uh, uh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, is there a science movie category? 
There should be. There, there should totally be. should be. Right? We, we talk about, about this about every earlier. episode of science fiction or yeah, science should have its own Oscar category. Because yeah. it, it was a, it was nominated for best comedy and it or won musical. best comedy and musical at Golden what? Globes because they don't have a category. They didn't oh want to enter God. it into best drama because they knew it would lose. Yeah. So you heard so, what Chris Rock said? I heard yeah. it. Yeah. He, 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 what he said was uh, he was like, look, if you want. Uh, African Americans to be nominated for Oscars, you should have specific African American, uh, you know, categories. Because he's like, why do we have separate male female categories? Yeah, it's uh, not like track and field. You yeah. know, there's no reason for, for it. We should really, have right? best Other, black friend. He's like, Wanda yeah, Sykes, Wanda Sykes won it 18 years in a row. <laughs> Although best actor included an actor playing a woman, so it's starting to get. Uh, ambiguous. It's like we're, we're gonna have to transgender uh, category. We have to turn uh, those categories into yeah, one more thing categories. Or... Get, let's everybody get an <laughs> Oscar. Child right? actor category. By, yeah. by 2050, yeah. the Oscars will be 73 hours long. Yeah. <laughs> physicist from Mississippi category. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We're gonna make yeah. a movie. Yeah. Yeah. Gangster category. physicist. I watch that. <laughs> Yeah, so anyway, the state of the art in terms of the speed at which particles are ejected, right, in ion propulsion is something like, you know, 50 kilometers per second. Theoretically, you know, we could, using the technique that the sun uses, we could accelerate ions to like 3,000 kilometers per second. That would be awesome. Is this, is this like pinching in the magnetic field? or It's magnetic reconnection. Right, so you have this particular configuration that's called like a fan that, spine. That sounds like an OK Cupid feature. Magnetic reconnection. Oh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't know what, what dating websites you've been on, but I don't think so. Okay, okay, keep it. <laughs> You're like, dude, there's only two dating features. Swipe left, swipe right. And then <laughs> magnetic reconnection. You get the same one. And this is why I don't have a... Hey, I just fancies. got an idea for a dating yeah. website. Instead uh-huh. of pictures, how about voices? You speak to the person. Ooh, you'd be cleaning up. I'd be like, "Shit, Hakeem's here again." We're going to clean up too, just to protect your IP there. <laughs> <laughs> no, that would go very wrong. You hear some sexy voices, but then when you saw them in real life, you're like, "Oh, He's like, you got a voice of the radio." <laughs> some very white type guys. They, they come in a wheelchair, six hundred pounds. Come on, the other way around happens too, though. So you gotta. It happens in all directions. Yeah. 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 <laughs> like, whoa. And then you hear him talk. Yeah, that's, yeah. All right, so back to the sun. Oh, the smell. Yeah. Smell. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah, so we can do it. So anyway, my, my uh, graduate student, now he's Dr. Chesney, right? He came up with this uh, idea. And so, you know, we have a patent pending on developing that. We've taken it through several stages of development. The problem is, is that the commercial software that, you know, is the natural thing to use, it can't handle the large number of particles that we have. So mm-hmm. we have to actually write our own. So now it's a big bottleneck in the process. Yeah, that's pretty much the bottleneck in everything I've ever done in <laughs> physics. Yeah. I have all this code for various projects. Like got I have to Monte Carlo everything. Oh. And yeah, it's a pain. Uh, so what about like uh, fusion research? You, you do some of that too? I have or? not. I have not done any fusion research. But you know, I've, for, for many years, I felt like a science mercenary. Uh, and you know, it was like, you know, you got a problem, let me work on it. Right. Cause you know, I have a, an attention span of like two or three years anyway, uh-huh. you know, I want to see that business card. Science, <laughs> science, science mercenary. mercenary. Yeah, I used to call myself the, that, but now I changed the, it to the, star the hacker. The ghetto since science mercenary. Wait, ghetto. I need to become ghetto. <laughs> Sorry. Sorry. You said we're like gangster physicist, science mercenary. I love see, these pictures. First I was a gangster nerd. Now I was a gangster physicist. Now I'm the ghetto <laughs> physicist. 
right? Next, the Negro physicist. <laughs> is that where we're going with this? Is that where I'm going to eventually no, end up? But seriously, what do you play? <laughs> the tuba. <laughs> Literally, true, true, true sword. And the flute. <laughs> You're from Oklahoma, so. Who's from Oklahoma? Oh, great. Oh, that yeah. explains it. But... <laughs> Just opening my mouth. I'm like, what kind of racist things are you going to say now? Yeah, I, I've dated lots of racists, so you don't know, understand how, how Mississippi it goes. is a very open-minded state with very open-minded people. Uh -huh. like Mississippi is, a, you know, people knock Mississippi, but, you know, we have a, it's it's interesting how it works there. We're nice, and it, it's, it's weird, but, you know, I, I had a great time growing up in Mississippi. It was really good for me. I did some shows there. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's an interesting place. <laughs> Nice, quaint little place. Oh, my. Yeah. I just went to my uh, high school class reunion back there. How was we, it? We, it was great. You know, I haven't seen my classmates. There were 70 of us, you know, that graduated, something like that, in my high school class. So it was, we had like one white guy in our class. <laughs> <laughs> Did he go? Was he there? No, there he, he wasn't. James <laughs> Roberts, God bless him, man, because he, uh, man, he showed up. You know, he was getting mean mugged every day. And so, you know, he'd show up in the morning, he'd speak to every single human. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. And then, you know, most people are nice, but then there's the bullies that are going to bully him because he was also like 5'1", right? Oh. Yeah. But he, you know, he persevered and then everybody ended up loving him, right? Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But, yeah. But I'll tell you, man, it's really crazy because where I grew up in Jasper County, Mississippi, I would, when people, my mom would send me the, the newspapers from my hometown. And when people would come to my office, you know, my professor office, I'd pull out the newspaper and I was like, you notice any trends? There's five high schools, Right. There's East Jasper and West Jasper. On each side, there's an all-black high school and an all-white high school, right? Then there's one in the middle that's, that's mixed, right? And so what happened is the schools desegregated in the 70s. And so in my town, in Heidelberg, what happened is the whites burned. So now the black kids get to go to the white school, right? So they burned down the school. And they wow. started their old school, but it backfired because what happens if you burn down the school? You get a bright, fancy new school, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so it was it was crazy because the thing that was insurance really, money, right? You know, but the thing that was really crazy about it is that both schools would do well in like various activities, you know, sports, you know, type of competitions that happened. And imagine if we were combined, how awesome, you know, we could have been. But mm -hmm. you know, it was segregated. You know, two miles down the road, it's, it's crazy world. That's awesome, man. No, it wasn't. That stinks. I'm kidding. Yeah, I know. I know, but... I'm yeah. being sarcastic. <laughs> that's, that's cool. You got to learn all these different places. You feel like a very important part of who you are, and you're happy. Definitely. A lot of people aren't happy where they're from. They're like, oh, I'm so glad to get out of there. That place sucked. You're, you're like, that's part of who I am. I'm happy, and, you know... Yeah, man. I, you know, I, I man, everywhere I go, you know, I kind of, like, find the what there is to that has meaning and value, you know, for me, right? Right. Uh, and what I can take positive out of the experience. And sometimes you go to a place. Like, have you been to Ireland? Yeah. Yeah, like you feel, if you know, if you're in America, you go to Ireland, like for the first, you know, few weeks, you're going to feel like you're about to get punched in the face pretty much every moment, right? <laughs> and you probably could, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, no, but they're really super nice people. They're like, they kind of like Klingons, you know? They, well, they're, they're, they're already <laughs> to bar fight everywhere you go, though. <laughs> they just look like that, man. Oh, no, no, I, I there, saw a ton a of bar fights. Well, they, they, but there was a good reason. It's just like America, there's a lot of bar fights. But, you know, but <laughs> you walk around, like, for example, you go to a, to a restaurant here, you're right? 
right? The 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 waiter or waitress, they're gonna smile and greet you nicely. They don't do that there, right? They're like, here, now, right? <laughs> you think the waiter's gonna punch you in the face, right? <laughs> But they're really nice. They just come across weird, you know. I think my That's favorite... Europeans. It's just different culture. Yeah. You got to get to know them, but they're great people. Yeah, that's that's, that's, that's true. Traveling in general, I just yeah. love traveling for that reason. I love when you go somewhere and the first time, the first day you're there, everything's like just scary. You don't know how to get anywhere, and you don't know anything. And then just by the time you leave, you just have this. You, you realize like everybody's the same and they just exactly. love each other yeah. and it's just humans are humans but you know what the second we get on Twitter and separated by more than 100 feet we just turn into assholes exactly <laughs> man if people nobody <laughs> understands the other per- person's perspective you know it's mm-hmm. it's great so I'll tell you so uh, you got a great outlook on life you got a great attitude <laughs> Well, yeah. look, I mean, if you're going, if you're moving around and traveling a lot. <laughs> yeah, <I'm too. laughs> yeah, and yeah, of course, being in physics, you must travel a lot, right? You oh, know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that was great. You know, when I used to talk, give these motivational speeches, you know, uh, to students, well, that's one of the things I'd bring up, you know, and back way back when, you know, I'd say, yeah, you know, I've been to, to, to 15 countries, you know, there's 20 countries, there's 30 countries, and guess how many of those trips I paid for? None. <laughs> Zero, right? You know, that just doesn't happen. Uh, and regular regular jobs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. But you know, I mean And I think it offsets the salary a little bit actually. Yeah. I think it does. That's a pretty sweet gig. I mean you get to see all these places. Yeah. Well I think what people don't get to see, especially for us physicists, did you see this uh there was a study done on how hard professors from of different fields work. You know, in terms of how many hours we put in. Physicists were far and away way more than anyone else and I, I you know we have a lot of freedom and we get a lot of travel and we get to hang out with cool people and all that but man the amount that we work is yeah. insane so it's crazy you, you probably tell them kind of like a zombie right now and part of that yeah. is just I got back from Los Alamos running we had there's the beam shuts down uh, and I was there we were granted time to do our experiment just like in the last few days and so the last day I was actually running it I was up for 23 hours straight, right up until the beam shut off, and then, I, and then uh, Griff, he called me. Yeah, that was great, dude. My graduate school, I used to run <laughs> at, at the Stanford Synchrotron Radiation Laboratory. Right, you get beamline time. We had to keep the experiment running 24 hours a day. When I first, you worked on a beam too. That's yeah, I worked awesome. on a beam line. Yeah, but, uh, dude, he's done, done everything. Just, just, just assume he's done yeah. everything. So, but check this out, right? When we first started, there were eight of us. So. Four were like the senior grad students, so they do 12-hour shifts, right, every other day. And the rest of us, the other four, would do six-hour shifts every day. Now, as these people started graduating, new people weren't coming in at the same rate. So my last experimental run, there were two of us. And you have to keep the experiment running 24 hours a day Uh, for, (laughs) you know, several days. Yep. Yeah. Nuts. Exhausting. Exhausting. And this this is intense, you know, medical... An intense mental thought process going on for 24 straight hours. That's got to be physically exhausting. Yeah, and, and you you know you can't make errors in your in what you're doing. I mean, errors happen, but you know you, you try not to make any errors. So right. it's a lot of very subtle, precise things you're doing. You know, and, and even like cleanliness controls. It's, yeah, there, I mean, it, there's this like you know the after the second wind, there's the, I don't know the third wall or whatever. Yeah. When I got to there, and you know that was like the last thing, and I was just all I had to do was wire this thing up, and I just did it probably like six times wrong over and over every time I did it I had to undo the whole thing and then I realized I didn't do it right and I do it and even got to the point I was like I can't believe this took me so long to finally get it right and then I'd like turn it on like 
<laughs> Damn it. You see, you're just <laughs> mentally fried at this point. Well, yeah, but then yeah. It, the adrenaline kicks in. You get these like weird waves of like adrenaline and just suddenly not being able to function and then more adrenaline. You can do more than you think. That's the yeah. thing. That's the thing you learn. When you get to these experience, you know, did, you, did I tell you I was also in the military? Yeah, you did. Yeah, you said the Navy. I didn't know. Tell me you were in the Navy. Yeah. He's literally done everything. <laughs> literally done everything. Now he's doing stand-up. Right. Yeah, right. He's like, did you know I own Florida? I'm a little piece of Florida. Oh, yeah. The moon. Oh, by the way, I invented drones. Just when I, was, I invented drones when I was drunk. And I got drunk with a Russian. I invented drones then. Yeah, exactly. Wacky. The good drones, not the oh evil drones. Well, an interesting thing is because you guys get into this intense level of science and critical thinking for long periods of time. Now, I don't know if you know this. Uh, but basically, when your brain is really tired, like, for instance, they say for a lot of artists, it's great to do creative writing in the morning when you're not awake yet. Now, also works at the very end of the night when your brain is just exhausted. Now, I don't know what it would be like to go through these waves that you guys are talking about. But if you could catch it in the right drift and maybe take a little breather and a break and start writing some jokes, I bet you could come up with some very creative stuff. Talk about the funny stuff going on in your life, but write it down right when your brain's fried. Dude, I'm telling you, I got some material right now. I know, <laughs> but, but what I'm saying is, I next time you're this in too. this, He's next like, time you're in this area where your brain's fried from working 24 hours, and you, you you're like, I can't think anymore. Start writing some material you're that, ready to put on tomorrow. stage. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, okay, you got to understand. You got to understand for both of yeah. us. We already talked about yeah. this, so I know that you feel this way. We're staying up for 24 hours because there's some deadline that's You don't have time to, to do this at all. You yeah. don't have yeah. 10 minutes in this yeah. whole time? Oh, no, no, no. no. Would, they would use yeah. That, yeah. Oh, that's what you're saying, dude. And that, I thought yeah, you meant yeah. like, no, you're just trying for some other reason. I keep trying to uh, explain this to him because you were giving me this talk about how Chris Rock told you to make time to go up all the time. And you're going to hear that a lot when you start doing stand-up. Everyone's going to, it's going to be, there's going to be a lot of people saying like, you have to devote 100% of this. And I, I told you that, like, there's a little bit of anger when I say things like, well, I'm going to be a physicist no matter what. Right. I'm, I'm going to be Can't a physicist first. Off. And then yeah. I might just be lucky and be like a funny physicist, but, right. but, but I can't ever be. I, I like even if I were Louis C.K. tomorrow, or if I was Chris yeah. Rock tomorrow, I would uh, I would still be a physicist. It would right. just have to be there. It yeah, exactly. Just, and yeah, yeah. so, so that that's always maybe that means we can't. Be the greatest comedies, comics. comics. Hey, so I, have, I have an idea. Comedies. Yeah, I have an idea. I've had very little sleep. So, so, let, so. Let, very creative. So let, let me tell you. Let me tell you my, my my crazy ass idea. Maybe you know you might be in on this. I, we we need to have a a conference, a meeting. Where physicists, maybe we have, we have to all wear masks to pull it off, right? <laughs> but, you know, physicists are always on the defensive, right? Because we, we're authorities. You can't say anything that's even slightly incorrect. Like, right, I learned right. this. This yeah. is why they, uh, Jimmy and Griff are like, hey, man, let's just, we ask you questions. You say, like, you don't understand. I'm not allowed to get that stuff wrong. Yeah, you can't. I can't. Uh, like, yeah, I have to research the topic if you're yeah, going to ask you me about it. You got to know what it means to actually know something, yeah, right? So that's uh, why, that's why the, the format I'm always into is I want to bring somebody who's an expert on usually i know a lot about it too like yeah, like yeah. when we're uh, uh spirit pulu i know all, i mean we're in the same field but, but you know i feel that that kind of stifles creativity to a yeah, degree uh -huh. that defensiveness it does and so you know if you look at how physics was done in the past they also didn't have the pressures that we have where you have to like you know it's like what have you done for me lately you know what have you published now what have uh -huh. you what grants do you have and so now <laughs> i look at the this opportunity to make money outside my day job as a way to make me better at my day job because now it can free me yeah. up to think deeply over long periods of time. Uh -huh. Now, here's, here is my crazy idea. So there are certain trends 
in the universe that I've recognized that I just don't tell anyone, right? Because it's it's too speculative. It's too wild. It's too out there, right? Mm-hmm. And so I wonder if we can have some conference where we just like... Just throw out all our, you know, just, just what trends, what have you seen that give us some insight into the inner workings of the universe, space time, and, you know, uh-huh. and these sort of that things. That sounds awesome. Yeah, we all wear bags <laughs> on our heads, you know, we have these voice changing things, so no one knows who Secret we really society. are. Well, yeah, we have to be secret from each other so that we maintain that, you know, because here's the thing. I used to have a friend who used to always tell me, hey, man, don't put me in your idiot box because, you know, somebody said something wrong one time. <laughs> ah, you're an idiot. Right? I start saying yeah. that now. <laughs> don't put me in your idiot box. Yeah, I had this colleague, brilliant guy, but we were having uh, lunch one day, faculty, like faculty don't know that. My university, Florida Tech, we, we actually liked each other. We all go out to lunch together. And this was, you know, during election season some years back and I asked him. Uh, we're talking politics. And anyway, somehow it, it came to Afghanistan. And I mentioned the population of Afghanistan being larger than, than the population of Iraq. And I named the numbers. And this guy, he's senior. And he's a brilliant physicist, right? And he's like, no, 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 that's not the case. You know, Iraq has a... Was this Kevin? And so, you know, I didn't know that I knew that. You know, I remembered the numbers. I know uh-huh. I had read it, but I didn't know that I knew, right? So I, I, I backed off. Right. And then I went and checked the numbers immediately afterwards. And of course, I was right. Right. So mm-hmm. now where does this br- brilliant physicist end up in my idiot box? Right. Because <laughs> you don't know that fundamental thing, which is the difference between knowing when you know and when you don't know. Which is scary. Uh, it's, a, it's a very it sounds simple. But to me, that was the biggest lesson I learned in graduate school was, and, you yeah. know, and my PhD advisor taught me that. He'd ask me some question like, hey, Hakeem, did blah, 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 something happen? Yeah, and I'm like, yeah. And he's like, That's you the- know that happened? I'm like, yeah, I told Craig and he left the room. Do you know that happened? <laughs> I'll be right back. Right? You know, this, you have to confirm you, shit. You, right? you nailed it right there this with, is, with I, what grad school is like. That's what I learned is to know when to say you don't know something. Yeah. That's what I, I always loved about my, my advisor. He was so good. At, it just impressed me from the first day I met him. And, like, yeah, he taught it. He was like, the whole point of science is you know when you don't know something. Yeah. And that's the that's the that's where all the opportunities are, too. That's exactly. where the discovery is, is you look around for something I think with inventions too, you know, yeah. you look around for something. And you're like, why does everyone think this one thing is true? Exactly. And are they just yeah. saying that yeah, because exactly. everyone's done it so long? Exactly. And everyone and says that. You look for that, yeah, and you yeah, just occasionally yeah. you'll you'll you know most of the time it's usually like, well, you just yeah. you know you don't know the explanation. And you know what this. else? This but there's always those times where yeah. everyone's like, oh yeah, we've all just been sort of assuming that was going to happen. And this <laughs> reminds you of the Waka Faka. Flame and uh, Neil deGrasse. <laughs> oh my Neil God. DeGrasse, that argument. <laughs> what? <laughs> So what anyway, happened? What? <laughs> nothing, nothing. Hey, so so I, I was going to bring a phrase to what he said. I heard it from Rocky Cobb for the first time, but I've heard it since. It's the phrase, it ain't what you don't know, it's what you know that ain't so. <laughs> Love awesome. it. Right. Love it. Uh, uh, <laughs> Sounds better coming out of you than me. So. <laughs> yeah, they, they got into this argument over Twitter. Basically, oh, the Neil world, the, he was, uh, Neil, Neil deGrasse was arguing with him saying, no, the world's round. He was saying, no, it's flat. It was this oh, all, yeah. That wasn't Waka Flocka. That was B.O.B. Uh, yeah. No? Yeah. Was it? No, yeah, it was B.O.B. Yeah. You sure? Yeah, see, dude, I don't even no, have a joke on I don't know. even know. See, see this whole circle of greatness here. <laughs> someone had told me. Someone had just told me it was Waka. That's this probably is why. why I don't follow this guy's comedy advice, because he doesn't even remember my jokes. I had a whole joke <laughs> joke. Someone else had told me it was Waka. I don't no, know. I didn't say the punch See, that's when you know that you don't know. If you're a source of knowing that somebody told me, you don't know. 
This is a great example. I'm learning yeah. about what our I'm learning about why our example, and I can't even explain myself man, by right everybody now. Everybody will say yeah. some shit. And you know what, man? I remember one time there was a a, a, a lunar eclipse, and I was a grad student at the Stanford Observatory. Right? We were having class. Now the Foothill College professor told everybody to show up at the observatory, and everybody showed up at the. For Stanford Observatory for some reason, right? The wrong observatory. <laughs> you know, it disrupted the class. But I saw this dynamic, right? So there was the knowledgeable guy in the crowd. And this guy didn't know anything, right? <laughs> and I didn't say anything, but he's there just giving all this bad and wrong advice. And everybody was like, oh. <laughs> and I just, my mind just went back centuries, you know, and I could see some guy, yep. The end of the world, that's what that means, right? Everybody, let's go kill ourselves, right? You know, you got to be careful for that. This happened right now. It's election year. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> boy. It seems to be getting worse, actually. I don't know. Like, I always thought, like, the internet was just going to make everyone so much smarter, and it obviously has, but we're it's like our, our hive brain is still like a baby. Rigor. Rigor. We, yes. We're not taught rigor. Rigor is out the window. Listen, yeah. I, mean, I, give you, I give you some things that I feel like children. 141 characters? What? Here, here's, here's what I think children, so certain things children should be taught at an early age that they're not. Right. Mm-hmm. One of them is. So here's what they are taught that they should be. Right. What is matter made of? Right. Everybody knows atoms. Right. Every kid would say that. And that was when when Feynman was asked if there was one piece of information you could give to you know that's right. Fishing, you right? Said that yeah. that matter is made of atoms. Right. And every kid knows that. But there's some other stuff that's just as fundamental. For example, here's the question I thought. I thought this was brilliant when I came up with this several several years ago. You got to say it's brilliant, too. Okay. It's not just the question. It's not just the question. I think we're related. But it's the answer <laughs> to the question. Where does light come from? Here it is. This is deep. Here it is. Very deep. It's deep. Matter makes it. Boom. Boom. Did you guys just hear that? Did you hear that bomb drop? This hotel Think is about it. Yeah. And so, you know, when I, when I get my students, I tell them, whenever you see light being created somewhere, ask yourself, what is the matter doing to make that light? Yeah. Because, yeah. right? Because what happens is, is that when the matter makes that light, the signature of the matter's identity is encoded in the light, as well as what the matter is doing is encoded in the light. And not only that, as that light travels through space, the dynamics of space get encoded in the light. And that's why we can point at a damn dot in the sky and tell you, oh, it's this temperature, it has this chemical composition, it's moving in this way, mm-hmm. right? All from a freaking dot of, of light. You know, or the temperature of the sun is that. You know, anybody stuck a thermometer in the sun, yeah. right? Oh, you know, right. Yeah, so that's a very fundamental thing. So here's another thing. I think I love how that goes to, that goes to quantum field theory too. That's like that's what is. That. I had a professor who blew my mind where he basically derived that that idea. He's like, oh, you have charges, then you instantly get this this term that gives the uh, you know the gauge particle that yeah. carries those charges. It's just like <laughs> so. So here's the other thing I think kids should should be taught right for that rigor thing. So to me, you know, this is this is another one. That has to do with what does it mean to know, right? So if you look at what our journalists ask our leaders, they ask them this question all the time. Do you believe? Now, when I hear the word believe, I think that that means something that you hold is true without actually confirming that it's true. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Like my mother lives in New Orleans, so I believe she's in New Orleans. Yeah. But I don't actually know she's in New Orleans. I have not observed that she is in New Orleans. So the difference between knowledge and belief is very key. And nobody cares what you believe. 
right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's, 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 yeah. You know, is, is what do you know? You know, do you know this is true? You know that is true. And if you say you know something is true and it is not true, you lost all credibility, and all we credibility. never have to hear from you again. Yeah. Right? Boom. <laughs> never you're in the idiot box. Right? Get rid of you. Get you're, right in the idiot box. Right. Throw away the key. You know, and so we can. You know, maybe people can say, "Oh, I'm reformed now. I now know mm-hmm. the difference." Right? But. Although this, this I love idiot box. To, I just love it. <laughs> this goes back to you know us having to be right when we talk, and it's a lot of pressure, right? Yeah, yeah. Because you can't just wing it all the time. Well, and, you know, it's also a cultural thing. Like on the West Coast, this is something I noticed. So I went from living in the Bay Area from you know 1991 to 2004 to move into Northern Alabama, right? The, the type of community in which you know University of Alabama, Huntsville, and NASA. I was joint with those two entities. And in the Bay Area, you know, everybody has a PhD. The janitor has a PhD, right? And, you know, and so, you know, you never know based on how somebody looks. They could be the world's expert at something. Yeah. And so people tend to not mouth off, right, too much. People are kind of reserved. You know, maybe if they're an expert, they'll be mouthing off, right, on their thing. But, you know, you kind of hold back. But, in, you know... The, this other place over here I was, people were mouthing off. Man, I remember this one parent was just mouthing off to me. And I, I said, well, actually, sir, you know. And he's like, oh, no, no, no. And then the, his kid goes, well, you know, that's professor. It didn't matter. Right? And, you know, he already I, knows what he knows. Yeah, and, and, you know, my way of dealing with people like that is just to let them go. You know, I don't mm. attempt to. You're gonna Promise run into he doesn't know what he doesn't too, know. Because oh. there's going to be, there's, you're going to run into people who are like their idea of, of what fame and success is. And you're coming in from a different angle where you're already well known in what you do, but they're not gonna, you know, they're gonna be like, I've never seen you before, you know. So yeah, right. it's comedy wise, they're gonna Noob. be, uh, yeah. And it's it's weird as you you see different people get better and better, and they get more famous. Maybe they make friends with famous people. It gets, it gets, it's such a weird, awesome. But it does to seem to be a skill, man. Because my my the guy that I you know took this one class with, I mean, it is I, it is just amazing to me. How, you know, so what he did, there was, he didn't teach us any methods or anything like that. He was basically going to, you know, this was the stand-up class, right? Yeah, the stand-up class. So basically he's like, okay, you have your story. What's your story? You know, what's your joke thing going to be? And then, you know, we'll help you to turn that into jokes and we'll find those moments to punch it up, this sort of thing. And he just would see those opportunities. And it's the exact same thing with these TV people, right? You will say something and they'll say what you said back to you. It has... Basically the same meaning, but it's way more awesome. You know? <laughs> yeah, just, I'm just like, wow, how'd you know? Or in voice acting, right? You you do voice acting, you say the words, you make a choice, but and then they tell you to, you know, say it in this with this type of inflection. And it's like that other thing I heard once. Uh, it said, you know, in writing, I guess someone said the difference between the almost right word and the right word is like the difference between a lightning bug and lightning. <laughs> right. That's yeah. great. Yeah. <laughs> oh man. Hakeem, this has been amazing. This has been so fun. Thank you very much. For blast. <laughs> I, think, I, think also, I think you're gonna be a, a regular guest, I hope. Uh, yeah, for oh, sure. And I also if you can record your set in Boston. No, no, I know no, I already no, told them no, not no, to. I, told I, him I not knew to. instinctively not to do that. <laughs> oh we had I, a whole conversation. Uh, what if it goes things? really well, I'd love to have a recording of it and have a clip of it on the show. No, no way, Jose. <laughs> no, Are you talking about stuff that'll get you in trouble at work? Yeah, we've talked about come on. In trouble at work, that's not the problem. My mother may hear it (laughs) (laughs) and uh do you have anything to plug yes (laughs) friday march 4th i will have my stand-up comedy debut at dick doherty's comedy den in boston and 
I have new episodes of NASA's Unexplained Files and new episodes of Outrageous Acts of Science on the Science Channel. If you are listening in Mexico City, 8 p.m. Thursday at the Pinchy Gringo, I've got a really big show. So Shut it's, up. Yeah, really? I'm not joking. What? <laughs> yeah. So if you are in Mexico City listening, big show, Pinchy Gringo, 8 p.m. on Thursday, March 3rd. Hola. And I will be uh, at the Ice House on Sunday, and on uh, I'll be at the Comedy Store on the 12th. Bam. Of March. <laughs> <laughs>